Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan, and welcome back to the Fandom Optimists. This is the show where we love stories, and we love when they bring us together. This week in fandom, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, and I am joined by my old friend, Zach, to talk about it. Zach, it's good to have you back on the show. I think it's been since, like, early of 2022. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell you the last time. And that's how long it's been. I'm trying to think. You I'm know. 80% sure it had something to do with Star Wars, but I can't remember. Probably. Was that back <laughs> when we talked about... Oh, geez, what was it? It, it, it definitely have... wasn't Mandalorian. It was way before that. Was it Book of Boba Fett? It could have been Boba we Fett. About? It could have been. I think... I, you know, I think that's what it was, but man, I can't even say for sure. It sounds but, right. It, you know, it has been far too long and it is good <laughs> to be back. Oh yeah. Back in the positivity bubble. Um, yes, sir. All right. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out. We're probably going to, well, I guess, I guess it's new enough that we'll give like a minute or so of, of non-spoiler just because, you know. It's hard to get it's, out it's, to see movies these days, yeah. especially it's in a post-pandemic in world. Run. Mm-hmm. I think that counts as still new enough. In a, post, in a post-pandemic world where everything is horrifyingly expensive and none of us have any money, it's fair to assume you might not have seen it. So, um, so some non-spoiler thoughts. What, what did you think of it? Man, where to begin? I, I'm trying to keep this, <laughs> <laughs> you know courteous for our listeners spoiler free but i will it's say this tough. so it, oh man because there's just so much i want to say but i know we'll get into that <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll start by saying so one of our friends went to see it opening night right before i did sim still hasn't seen it by the way but oh, okay. I, I saw it opening weekend but our friends saw it opening night Ooh, yeah. and they said that's the way to do it you know i asked hey, you know, what'd you think of it? How was it? And they said, possibly top five MCU movie that has come out. And I just thought to myself, wow, no there's there's no way. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Guardians films. Oh, yeah. I thought top five, surely not. And, and then I saw it for myself. And man, I, I'm still debating. But for me personally, yeah you can make a very strong case that it's top five. It could and easily be top five. And I will stand by that. I don't know I, for and sure I will if it stand is by for me, that. but it easily could be. Yeah, and if it's not top five, it's top ten easily. I, I went in expecting to enjoy it, and I did enjoy it, but it still blew me away by just how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, this one seems to be winning over all of the Marvel bad now people as well. Um, oh, Yeah. Which is, which is great to see. Um, Reports of the MCU's demise <laughs> are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think something that isn't really a spoiler that I can say is that this movie is a bit darker than uh, yeah. uh, most Marvel movies, I think. I mean, lots of Marvel movies have like dark subject matter, but like this one, you feel it. Um, you you really do. And I would go so far as to say, like, not only is that not a spoiler, it's almost a, an obligation, you know, to that going in because I did not know what was about to hit me. And I kind of wish I did so I could have yeah. put myself in the right. And prepare I, I do for think it. without spoiling too much, 
Uh, I think from the trailers, so we're getting into trailer spoilers, which I don't consider spoilers, but just in I, case. I think that's fair game. I think I yes, should say it. Um, getting into trailer spoilers, some of Rocket's backstory is explored in this movie. So if you are going to go see it, just a quick trigger warning for animal cruelty. Um, yes. If yes. you've got a thing about, because that, we'll get, we'll get into it in the spoilers, but like, you know, I mean, it's nothing like horrifyingly gory or anything. But just, no, but just if you've got a disturbing. problem with seeing animals get hurt, you're going to get hurt in this movie a little bit. Um, a lot bit. Uh, anyway, that's so I think that's it for the non-spoiler. I love it. You should go see it if you haven't. Um, now we can now we can jump into the spoilers. Uh, now we can jump into the spoilers. And oh, man, where to begin? Where to begin? I guess we start at the beginning. And we, uh, so we, we opened this movie, was there, a, did it just open with Rocket walking through nowhere, or was there anything before that? I think that was the first uh, shot. It, yeah, that was, that was the first shot. Yeah, and it's, and it's Rocket walking through nowhere. Anyway, the, at the beginning of the movie, uh, we get where uh, Peter's super depressed because of the whole Gamora situation. Uh, he's been drinking. He's passed being kind out, drunk being, at the bar. Yeah, he's passed out drunk at the bar. Later, he's kind of mean because he's, he's just, he's falling apart. Um, and we, we introduce Adam Warlock. And I remember that the second I saw him, uh, I, I nudged Miranda and I was like, my God, that's Adam Warlock. And she's like, who, <laughs> who was Adam Warlock? Like, she's seen all of these and she loves them. But she was like, who was that? And I was like, it was at the end of Guardians 2. There was a thing. They, they had a cocoon at the end of the second one. It was post-credit. And they were like, he's going to kill the Guardians. And we're going to name him Adam. That's who this is. <laughs> I was like trying to go through it like really, really fast. <laughs> I know. Under your breath. Like, yeah. Uh, and damn, he nearly did it. I know. <laughs> he almost did kill the Guardians. Uh, nearly. But what an entrance for him. I mean, after after all these years, you know, since we first got that teaser, I I think that was a very fitting, you know, welcome to the lineup kind of introduction for him. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I think they did really well with Adam Warlock. I think there are going to be some uh, comic book purists who will not like the adaptation of the character. Well, sure. But... I thought he worked really well in this movie. I thought it was a really it was it was fun. He's basically, and I think James Gunn has mentioned this, that they were like he's like a newborn baby, but Superman, um, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and, I, and I thought that was pretty fun, and they actually did it pretty well. My favorite example of it is when I think he like he like accidentally kills some guy that they were supposed to be questioning. Oh, the, and, interrogating him. And, yeah, yeah. And we see the guy's pet's reaction to it. And Adam Warlock goes, that thing. I don't like the way it's <laughs> making me feel. I was like, yeah, it's perfect. Um, he did really well. Uh, Will Poulter nailed this in my opinion. Oh yeah. No, he, he was great. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh god, my thoughts are so scattered because so much shit happens There's in this just movie. So so much. I know. I'm like looking through the things I noted down. Like, 
okay, I need to talk about this. I can't forget this. Uh, what's the first one just... on your list? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, okay. I don't know if I want to start there because it has to do with the <laughs> ending and the, and the post-credits scene. So, Okay, uh, well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll table, um, table that for now. So Rocket gets severely injured. Uh, and, and it looks really bad. I was like, if I didn't know that a great deal of this movie is going to be about Rocket's backstory, I would have thought they, if I hadn't seen the trailer, I'd be like, they're going to kill Rocket in the first 10 minutes I mean, of this movie. The way they teed it up with the trailers and all the promotional material and, and the marketing... Yeah. You know, again, not to jump too far ahead, but we're in spoilers zone now. Oh yeah, I was I was fully emotionally prepared for for him to not make it. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case. But man, that that didn't necessarily make it any easier emotionally. Which, by they, the way, just just on the topic of the emotions in this movie, I think it's worth mentioning that. there are this is now one of only two marvel movies that has made me just like sob Uh, lots of lots of i'm an emotional dude lots of the marvel movies i get misty-eyed some of them i actually tear up a bit tug at at your heart strings my voice gets all wavery for a little bit uh like the end of captain america you know that that'll always oh gets me i start Mm. welling up a little bit but endgame like th- pretty much the entire last twenty minutes oh, of Endgame, geez. and yeah. and this movie are the only two where I was like sobbing in, in the theater. No, same, same here. Oh man, and, <laughs> and it, it's just it's just all throughout. And I, I think you really have to give huge, huge kudos to James Gunn for the way he was oh, able. Yeah. To, to thread that needle b- between those deep emotional parts while also not just making the movie a, a depressing cry fest, you know, because at the end of the day, it is still a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It still has humor. It still has action. It's still yeah, fun. He's really good at something that I always uh, give credit to Taika Waititi for, which is the art of happy, sad storytelling. Yes. Uh, it's and really challenging to balance that, but he does it really well. It it is, and you know, I would even go so far as to say he kind of one upped him there <laughs> versus Love and Thunder. You know, not to say anything yeah. bad about that, but I I do think this movie was just so masterful in the way it weaved between those narratives, those tones. And pulled it off flawlessly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely flawlessly. So, yeah, you've got Rocket there, you know, bleeding out, dying on the floor in nowhere after Adam Warlock makes his grand entrance. Mm-hmm. And that's that kicks it off, you know. That kicks off the whole quest to save Rocket's life, really. And all the twists and turns to get there. Yeah, and so the so the reason that it's so twisty and turny is that they're trying to heal Rocket with a med pack, but it seems he has some sort of proprietary technology inside him that is preventing the med pack from helping him, and it might also be actually harming him. I wasn't super sure, 
Uh, I think that's um, what I believe that's what uh, Nebula said. Okay. Which I mean, she she would know, you know, being as modified yeah, as yeah. she is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And um. So we realize that we need to go figure out where this came from, and we have to go to it was Orgo Corp, I believe. Yes. And <laughs> that was. That's a fun planet design. Orgo. Oh, that was that was a really cool planet. You know, if if the name's not a giveaway, um, it's it's a planet that's made entirely out of like tissue and and living matter, like yeah, a giant genetically modified blob of a planet, and, and that was so cool. I I know we've seen a lot of very creative planet and universe designs in the guardians trilogy and in the mcu overall but this was really something new and i i loved seeing that mm-hmm. yeah it they did really really good at the, at the design of this place and when we get in there they once again nail the balance between the intensity the 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 race against the clock we've got to get this done it's scary, but also everyone's really funny. <laughs> and they managed to balance that without a lot of people, uh, you know, have problems with Marvel movies in undercutting emotional moments with humor. And I, th- I think that problem is overblown. There's occasionally a time that I'll spot something. Where I'm like, hey, you didn't need that like, joke eh, that's, there. That's a little cheap. But yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a meme at this point. It's Yeah, for the most part, this movie balances it like near perfect. I, I would say so. I can't off the top of my head. And I'm sure if I rewatched it and had a super nitpicky lens, maybe I could <laughs> find one scene or one joke. But, you know, not looking at it through... I want to say critical lens, but I'm going to say a hater's lens. Um, <laughs> I, I can't think of it. it. It really is amazing how they pulled it off. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. So we, so we go in there. We've got all this stuff going on with the Guardians trying to get a file on Rocket. They did. Uh, by the way, they, they spoiled part of this joke in the trailer. But I'm always happy when a joke that was spoiled in the trailer is much longer. And that was the elevator scene where he's explaining yes. the history of Gamora. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I, was, I was just sitting there going, Marvel's so fucking weird. <laughs> while, he's, <laughs> while he's listing through that it's like, so she died because uh, her dad wanted to destroy half the universe. And then... Uh, and, and he was like, and then I lost, oh, I always remember, it was like, she died because her father threw her off a magic cliff, and then I lost my temper and nearly destroyed half the universe. And, and then he says, and then uh, Wizard brought everyone, helped, uh, uh, you know, whatever, bring everyone back, and he goes, and then uh, Gamora came back, but different. Why'd she come back? I don't know. Ask the Infinity Stone Wizard guy. I don't, like, he's just, I'm, like, but rambling. Actually, and not only is it funny, and you're right, I do appreciate how even though they kind of teased it in the trailer, they didn't give all of it away, but it actually serves, you know, a really useful narrative purpose because at this point, with so many 
movies, series, shorts in the MCU, especially for such a tentpole franchise like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't mm. assume and you can't take for granted that all of your viewers are going to be people like us, people who religiously watch everything. You know, yeah. you've got tons of people's, you know, parents and little cousins and and everything who maybe just remembers like, wait a minute, I thought Gamora died. Why is she here? How is she here? What's going on? So it, it's not spoon feeding it to the audience, but it's a it's a little humorous expose that again fits in really nicely to the tone without being too jarring yeah i think they do really well with that um and oh gosh what was i what was i gonna say i i realized that um i think I, i've seen some people who were confused because uh peter says why did she come back? Maybe you can ask the Infinity Stone gods or the Infinity Stone wizard or whatever uh, why she came back. And I saw some people like, well, it wasn't about the Infinity Stones. It was the time travel that brought her back. And I think it's just that Peter doesn't know that. I think it's just like Peter knows that he died and then came back five years later and there was Infinity Stone weird shit and there's a new Gamora who doesn't remember him. Yeah. Uh, and So I don't think yeah. he knows that the Avengers... That that the time travel the Avengers did created a new Kimura. Right, because you, you have to see it from his perspective, too. I mean, just imagine how in over his head he must have been from all of this. You know, you look back at his life. He's a kid from Earth who was kidnapped and raised by alien space pirates and lived this life of rogue debauchery. And then all of a sudden he's thrown into... The, the mix with Thanos and Infinity Stones and multiverses. Like, can you really blame him for not having having really the best idea what's going on? He doesn't have the benefit of Wikipedia and Reddit and Disney Plus like we do. You know, he only has his perspective and his experiences on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, they did. Oh, God. I'm just like, my brain's all over the place. Uh, I, I know, right? Before we <laughs> before we get away from the wild, wacky Orgocorp planet, yeah. after, after spoiler alert, they do successfully retrieve Rocket's file. Um, and w- w- the file, was it like some goopy, slimy dodecahedron kind of thing? Like, yeah, it was freaky. It was so freaky and like all the control panels and everything, you know, it wasn't really buttons and levers and switches like you dipped your hand into like pretty much a a bowl of slime, more or less. And it was so weird, but I, I loved it because it was so in line with just this wacky planet. And and speaking of, you know, OK, I, I know this we're in spoiler territory, but the the cameo there. Do you do you know who I'm talking about? Do we wanna keep oh, that as a surprise the, for in Orgo or, in Orgocorp? Yes. Oh, there were like five I can't or six remember. cameos. Um well, are the, we talking the, about the one that was like the the main one that oh yes, I don't even know who the one. main one would be. 
Uh, I guess, yeah, we're spoiling everything. We're probably okay. talking about Nathan Fillion. Yes, I was. I, I couldn't remember if he was in the trailers or not. I, I didn't think he was. I think he was, but yeah, we're spoiling everything. It, it doesn't okay, matter. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, yeah, you're in for a treat there, because I had no idea he was going to show up. He was great. Um, Got to give him a shout out there while we're in this act. Yeah. Oh, he was real. I love when they're talking about like that one guy who's on the team, and he's like, "Yeah, I've got one of those idiots." He's not, I don't like that guy. Um, yeah, as he's standing right next to him. That was really fun. Uh, I thought we might also be talking about uh, James Gunn's wife Jennifer Holland, I believe, um, who is also yes. in the Orgo Corp scene, uh, and. Uh, I think she's the lady that gets shot in the leg and freaks out, I think. Unless I'm misremembering I... the movie by this point. No, I, I think you're right. And we could both be wrong. But we could that's, also be right. It's entirely so possible. You gotta um, watch it and see for yourself. I <laughs> Let us know how horribly we're butchering, butchering these details. I, I know that there are some, uh, some uh, particularly mean people on the internet who are like, Oh, he's got to put his wife in everything and being kind of toxic about that. Like, um, okay, come on, man. It, dude's it's got cool. some Are friends saying... that he puts in all the stuff. Don't complain about Nathan Fillion if you're going to complain about the wife. Right. Like, are, are you really telling me that if you had the budget and the power to direct it, an MCU staple, like, that you wouldn't do the same? Or any movie, really? Like, come on. Yeah. But, yeah, okay, so moving on from Orgocorp, you know, when they've got the, the file and everything, they're trying to to run it through their computers on, on the ship, which, by the way, is a new ship, and it's a very interesting design. Yeah, the Bowie, I think it is, this time. Yeah. I thought that was... I thought that was a, a cool ship design. You know, as much as I love the, love the classics, love the Murano, I thought that was a that was a cool shift the way it twisted and turned. Um, but yeah, so basically with that file, you know, Nebula's decoding it back on the ship, um, realizing that right before they retrieved the file, you know, somebody had deleted a line or two of the code, and it just so happened to be the exact line that they needed. In order to to basically unlock that device that's keeping them from saving rockets, so you know, of course, now we're launched into another on another tangent on another world, and that's where we eventually get into Counter Earth. Uh, yes, yeah, Counter Earth is a big thing. Um. Gosh, oh gosh, where to start? Firstly, it's 80s, and that's pretty fun. Uh, it's kind of an 80s Earth. Yeah. Uh, but it's got, but it's got crazy music and weird languages, and I thought that was pretty fun. And I know my biggest thing, just seeing all these weird, like, animal people from the trailers, I was thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is this? Like... I'm with you, you know, I'm, I'm still going to watch this movie, but like, what, 
is this place? What is happening? And and we do get our answer, but that was that was such a wild uh, set, really. This counter. Yeah, vote. yeah. Oh. Um. Oh gosh. Um. Uh, I, I like my brain suddenly fried and stopped going where I wanted it to go. Um, okay, so we get to yeah. do we get to do the little living room scene. I love the living room scene because <laughs> Drax and the sofa kept just killing me in the theater. I, um, I mean, and he's got a point. Couches, he's, he's got a point. That's what it's there for. On. You know, chairs are for sitting. Couches, they can be for sitting or sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so they're, they're trying to talk to this family about what's going on and where they need to go. And they, they wind up doing surprisingly well at communicating with them, which was kind of cool. Uh, I don't know why that particular scene like just was really cool to me that they're able to get across what's going on and, what they need um and that this family is so kind and so helpful i know it's like like imagine you know you're just out and about in your neighborhood one day and this giant ship with these strange alien creatures who don't speak your language just lands in the middle of the road you know one of them this giant muscular brute like pelts a child in the face with a basketball um, and then you decide to take them into your house and let them borrow your car. Like, why not? I mean, a shout out to that Bat family. They're, they're the real MVPs. Yeah. They were really cool. Um, so we get to where... Oh, the, the, we get the first F-bomb in a Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movie. F-bomb. And Big deal. <laughs> huge deal and, and i loved it because i i feel like everybody thought it was going to be teed up to samuel l jackson uh maybe in secret wars maybe in in something but nope just <laughs> just a yep. casual you know and this this is one where if you don't know it by this point by the time you're listening somehow I, I want to give you the opportunity to experience that for yourself and just be completely off guard because you, you will not expect where it is. Fair and enough. that's I what I about, love about it. I was about to just be like, and here's how it happens, but no, it, it deserves it. <laughs> it, it. It deserves it. You know, I feel like if you're still listening to this point, um, either you're insane and just really don't care about spoilers or still kind of on the fence if it's worth it or not, or, Whatever the case may be, if there's any chance that you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie for yourself, that is one thing that, on principle, I, I love that we're spoil. we're not going to spoil who die. We're we're going to spoil who dies. We're going to spoil who lives. We're going to oh, spoil how they get there. We're not going to spoil where the f bomb is. I mean, <laughs> hey, pe- people live and die in every MCU movie. There is only one first <laughs> f bomb. This is special. Oh man, I, I feel strongly about this. If you can't you, tell, you make a compelling argument. I <laughs> there's nothing else to say about it. Uh, yeah, you know, 
so we go to uh, we go to the the villains lair. Also, this is a great time to talk about the high evolutionary. I, I was general. just about to say. I feel like there's so much we both want to say about him, and I know we've been trying to check some other boxes first. Yeah, but I feel like we can't at this point, especially we can't avoid it any longer. And this oh dude, my god, do you have his name written down? It's Chikwudi, and I can't remember his last name. Uh. I've got it right here. Chikwudi oh, yeah. Iwuji. Okay. Um, phenomenal. He was in uh, Peacemaker. He was great in that. Uh, absolutely. Lo- I-, I loved him in Peacemaker, and I was like, I hope this becomes one of those people that James mm-hmm. Gunn just likes and works with a lot. Goes and to. Then, and now he is, and that's lovely. Uh, <laughs> he was also, apparently, you know, I found this out when I was looking up his filmography. He had a minor role in John Wick Chapter 2. Oh shit! Yeah. Now I gotta go rewatch John <laughs> Chapter Two. <laughs> we uh, we just recently rewatched all of those um, in anticipation of Chapter Four coming out. Oh and, yeah, yeah, we got to do a review on. I think I, I think I promised Sim that that you two could oh, come perfect. do a review on Four at some point. Yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me. That one had fallen off of my brain list. There you go. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh my god, where where to start with the high evolutionary? So firstly, I my first impression of him was at Comic-Con last year, I think. Last year, maybe. Um was he showed up in costume in character and it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. It was just awesome because uh James Gunn is like we're bringing out the the villain, the high evolutionary and they start playing this like religious music. And he's coming out, strolling down the aisle, and he takes the mic, and he says, you know, something about, it is my divine mission to take disgusting, scum of the earth, low-life, degenerate creatures, such as yourselves, (laughs) and improve upon them. And he's saying, and he's saying, the bile in the back of my throat is all I need, (laughs) you know, to to realize that (laughs) Everyone here needs improving as I look out upon this wretched mass. <laughs> He's just like insulting the Comic-Con people for like five minutes. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you, you nailed it, man. That's, yeah, that's oh, yeah. the high evolution. They, they picked the right guy. They picked <laughs> the right guy. No doubt about it. And he nails this with this high artsy, you know, I always love this is a this is a weird niche. But I love when a villain loves art. That's just a yeah. fun thing to me because it's it's like it's one of my favorite things about Grand Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars is that he likes art and he's like you can tell so much about a culture by their art and it helps you discover not only their passions but their weaknesses. And it's like that's a cool mentality that an evil no, dude and, just loves art. And I think one of the best things about the high evolutionary in general is that he was just unabashedly irredeemably evil you know no and you know again nothing against well-written anti-hero characters or anything like that but i don't think i've ever hated a villain you know as much in, in oh, any this was spectacular. absolutely blown away 
I, I saw someone in one of the reviews evil. describe, I wanted to rip this dude's face off myself. Like as soon <laughs> yeah, as, no kidding. as soon as the, we hit like the first flashback. So uh, this is probably the best segue into Rocket's backstory. Yes. Uh, because we're getting these scenes sprinkled out throughout the movies. And the Rocket's backstory is he's, looks at uh, the animals that the high evolutionary experiments are on. We realize that Rocket was an experiment and he was genetically modified. And all this, like, this hardware is in his body to change his posture and the way his body works and the way his brain works. And it's, they, they didn't really show anything, but it was still just gruesome. I mean, it, it was. It was. It was horrible and, and, and moving in the worst and best way. It was just, ah, it, I, I was like, I kept getting brought to tears. Like I have a big thing with animals. I've got a big thing with animals. Um, and every single one of these fresh flashbacks had me like on the verge of tears. No, because it's just so awful. Dude, yeah, the first thing I did when I came back from the theater, I I hugged my cats and gave them extra oh, yeah. treats. Like, yep, yep, yep. like <laughs> and I I know, you know, the the bad guy abusing animals is a is almost a cheat code to getting people to to hate him, but it's like with the high evolutionary, it's even beyond <clears throat> that, you know, it's just how unhinged and psychopathic and callous he is about it you know it, it like it's not yeah. just the animal experimentation like that's only the tip of the iceberg with this guy yeah it's it's a it, uh, it's it, gleeful cruelty isn't even the right word it's this just dismissive calm cruelty that makes yeah. it worse no that's that's what it is like just how entirely disposable these intelligent sentient beings are to him like you saw him absolutely no qualms about incinerating his failed experiments you know shooting in cold blood all of rocket's friends blowing up an entire planet you know just to hit the reset button yeah dear listener if you haven't seen this movie it's important that you understand that they casually blow up, the villain casually and without malice, just as a, well, that experiment didn't work. I'll move on to the next one. Blows up an Earth-sized planet with an Earth-sized population. No, yeah. It's, and it's just, you know, it, it's almost like Vader blowing up Alderaan, but like in yeah, some it's like, ways... Well, We've just got a goal here, and I feel like doing that to it, make a point. You know, to me, it reminded me of, like, whenever I'm playing a, a game of Civ, and I realize that, you know, I, I screwed up somewhere that I can't can't just rewind a few steps and, <laughs> yep. and fix it. So I just decide, like, okay, you know what, I'm going to start a new game here. Like, that was his attitude towards destroying an entire planet and oh yeah the implication of that honestly is even more disturbing because that means like he planted those explosives like from That's the beginning in true. anticipation that part you know, didn't even occur to me yeah you know he didn't like 
flip a kill switch in in all the creatures he didn't bomb it with a death star or anything like he had embedded ex- explosives yeah. all over the planet like like he was expecting this to happen at some point like it was only a matter of time and that this clearly happens like he just does this it's this wasn't the first yeah, you time. can tell it's not the first time you can and, tell and and also because I, I love when he's talking to uh i think it's aisha from the sovereign and he he's he's apparently also responsible for them yeah and he's just like i'll blow you up too i don't care like if you make me think you're a failed experiment i'll blow you up yeah and and that's just another level to his cruelty the way we saw him pitting his own creations against each other you know uh like the sovereign aisha and adam warlock they they weren't they didn't have anything against Rocket. They didn't have anything against the Guardians personally. They knew, like, hey, you know, the fate of my people it hangs in the balance, like, on the whims of this maniac. And, like, if I don't deliver this damn raccoon, like, everything could be gone. Just like that. Yeah. Yep. Just like that. And, oh, my God. Dude, there's... There's so much to say about the high evolutionary, like the way the character was written, the way he portrayed him, just everything. And oh, that, that reminds me, you know, that thread you mentioned earlier about um, his love of art and, and how he based counter earth on earth's culture from when, when he visited it, presumably I guess back in the eighties based on some of the things we see there. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. One of the things, and I won't take credit for this observation. Somebody made this connection on Reddit as I was reading some of the threads about it. Um, The high evolutionary made it, made a huge point of, you know, monologuing about his classical music with rocket and how much, that song meant to him how it kind of guided his philosophy in his twisted justification and somebody said like well you know maybe that's why rocket took so much to to quill's contemporary music because you know it's like the antithesis of of the music that the high evolutionary listened to you know, like as far on the spectrum as possible, you know, you've got classical and then you've got quote unquote modern. And I I don't know if that was intentional or not. I don't know if that's a reach or not, but I'm choosing to believe that. And I, I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. Where, where to go from here? So we've blown up counter earth. Then we are in space. Uh, and <laughs> blowing up Aisha, too. Along oh, with yeah. Yeah, you, Aisha, that's kind of Aisha important. Aisha died. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, and by now, uh, Adam Warlock has his, his pet. And we get my favorite line delivery of this entire movie, which is when Gamora holds a knife 
to the like pet's neck and, and he finally goes now let's not be rash, <laughs> after, not be he's, rash. after he's been like trying to murder them for the whole movie oh it's, he <laughs> delivered it so well that floored me it was good just met this thing he's like whoa whoa hold on. <laughs> well, hang on <laughs> that thing's cute yeah <laughs> uh i loved that <laughs> i love adam mm-hmm. warlock's whole thing in this movie Truly. Um, Truly. Oh so, so we're back in space now. You know, yeah, we're back in space now. We've naturally got... the high evolutionary's headquarters is also like a, a spaceship, like a yes. Borg cube kind of thing. And I think this is when we finally get the big scene with Rocket where I was just sobbing uncontrollably in the theater. Um, I think with it was the here. animals. Yeah, where he's flatlining, and yeah. he has this vision, oh, or oh, is it a God, vision, yes. of him being in what we can assume is heaven, and all of his animal friends from back when the experiments were going on are there, because they were killed back then, and, and they're talking about how wonderful it is, and how happy they are, and how and they he- can fly, how the sky is blue. You know, after spending their entire lives in these dingy, dismal cages. And when he asks if he can join, and they said yes, I was, like, I couldn't breathe. No, (laughs) I was was fully, I was fully expecting, you know, that that was it. I was trying to mentally prepare myself. I was failing. I was losing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then, thank God, uh... I, I love that he starts to go with them and she says, but not yet. It's not time. Yeah. And it's not your time. And he wakes back up and, and then I continued sobbing for yeah. another few minutes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes it more or less emotionally heavy. I, I really yeah. don't know. There's just, it's inevitable. It did nothing to stop the tears. I can tell you that much. Oh no, absolutely um, not. <laughs> and we get to where we're now, um, Oh, also Rocket's face when he hears the High Evolutionary's voice uh, also got to me. That was very good. Um, They, man, the CG. That, that raccoon, because I just casually said, that raccoon's face of trauma when he sees, when he hears the voice of of the High Evolutionary, they made me feel that with a CG raccoon. And I'm yeah. blown away by that achievement. And and Bradley Cooper in a recording studio, oh, just man. in a booth somewhere, able to conjure that kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, like who whoever would have thought, whoever would have thought that you know Bradley Cooper voicing a CGI raccoon could make millions of people feel those things. Yeah. <sighs> it's incredible. So we we get to where we're gonna have to blow up this whole thing to to kill the high evolutionary, basically. And we've oh, we've brought in nowhere. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Nowhere is now a spaceship. Yep, it's and, their own little space station. And that gives me a great opportunity to talk about the one. Here's the funny thing. I had a cheer moment in this movie. 
it's not what most people would expect it to be. I think most people, if I said there was a cheer moment in this movie, you're going to be like, it's when Rocket wakes up, right? No, I wasn't right. I loved when Rocket woke up. It made me cry. But it wasn't a cheer moment. It may have been the first time they played the Guardians theme. I did get really excited, but that wasn't a cheer mo- moment. Throughout the movie, there is a running joke of Kraglin calling Cosmo a bad dog. And oh, Cosmo yeah. cannot get over it. Cosmo is pissed off that she got wrongly called a bad dog. And will and, not let it go. And towards <laughs> the end, in the third act battle, Kraglin says, she's a good dog, and I cheered. This was such a cathartic <laughs> moment for me for some reason. Finally, the redemption. And, and you know, I love I, that just... I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, Cosmo is a badass telekinetic dog, but but still a dog, and you you know it. it yeah. Cosmo has the personality of a dog. Like, yeah, because I've got a dog, dog that they're and yeah. As soon as he said you're a bad dog, I was like, oh no, you should you should take that back, Craglin. That's too far. You, you like know. in my head, I was like, that's really you shouldn't have done that, Craglin. And you know they're never gonna <laughs> let that go. <laughs> Oh, man, that made me so happy. I love Cosmo. Um, <laughs> no, that is very worthy. That so is we, very, very worthy. We bring Nowhere in, and we're going to blow up the, the spaceship. the ship. We're going to, yeah, we're going to blow up the spaceship. And we've got uh, this new race of people that the High Evolutionary is creating. Uh, these little girls who have, like, superpowers or something. Um, like super endurance or yeah and he's apparently planning them as like the ultimate life form but we got to get them out of here and we got to avoid them getting killed in the third act battle and no one speaks the language except apparently drax and i i've seen people call this cheap i disagree i know no, the no i love that where firstly drax pretends to be a monkey and it's so fucking cute and it's not a monkey <laughs> And no, no, it's not close, but it's real cute. And he's kind of, so they're kind of warming up to him. And then he starts speaking their language. And Nebula, who had just gone on like an angry rant about how stupid and worthless Drax is, uh, says, why didn't you tell us that you spoke their language? And he goes, why didn't you ask me if I had spoke? Like, I, <laughs> and I, I was like, I love that good. you call that out because that's, that was one of my favorite parts. And I was absolutely going to bring that up. If you oh can. yeah. I, I love that. Cause that I was, think everyone can relate to at some point being the one that is wrongfully assumed to be pointless in a situation. I think right. everyone's been there at some point in their life. Where it's like, man, if someone, like, I, I'm just sad now. And, and he's, but then he finally reveals it. And why didn't you ask if I knew? Because she thinks he's worthless. Just... And that's wrong. Um, I loved that. Drax the dad. That's, that's his real superpower. Drax the dad. Did they say that in this movie? I think they did. did I, I think so. I think they did. If they didn't, they should have. I'm pretty sure they oh, did. Oh, guess, guess I got to rewatch it to find out. <laughs> Time to go back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we, so yeah, so then they blow up the, the wall and the, the Drax was able to communicate with the, the new race of people and he was able to get them away from the wall Lead so that no one safety. got hurt. Uh, we get a quick little joke with Mantis where she opens one of the cages and there's this weird 
gross thing in it, and she screams, and then goes, oh no, I wasn't screaming about you, there's a really gross thing right behind you that I was screaming at, don't, don't turn around, just come with me. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Because it's like, you know, she can't, she can't help it, but at her but core, she's, you know, she's still empathetic and caring. She's trying to be sweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as we are, oh, we've got a, an Adam Warlock development going on in here where uh, Adam Warlock, was it Groot who helps him? And because he gets like knocked out by something and Groot yeah, carries and they, him to safety. bring him onto the ship and restrain him, but he, he breaks out. Yeah. And yeah. And Adam Warlock asks, I think Groot, why did you help me? I've been trying to kill you. And he says, I am Groot. And I can't remember who was standing there to translate for him, but they said, he says everyone deserves a second chance. And there's yeah. your Adam Warlock turnaround. He's like, okay, so these people are nice. Um, the other people have been dealing with are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he's, and he's kind of just now getting enough awareness to figure that out because he's mentally very young. And I thought that was pr- a pretty cool thing. And this gets us to... Ooh, we get our, we get our final battle with the High Evolutionary. That was exciting. Oh, yeah. No, that was, that was so good. That um, was very exciting. I, um, aside from the obvious face-off. Uh, yeah, they, meaning. yeah, they rip his face off, which is like, oh, I love that they foreshadowed the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. Throughout the whole movie where they keep saying it's a trap and, and Star-Lord keeps saying it's not a trap. If you know it's a <laughs> trap, then it's a face-off. And I love that. Just that perfect, cocky, quill logic. Yeah. Completely and, in character for him. And then Gamora fucking tears his face off. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Just great. And they do that thing where I'm not going to kill you because I'm, I'm better than that moment. Which isn't saying a whole lot in this situation because he's going to die when the ship explodes. Well, uh, but for what it's worth. For what it's worth, you know, hey, no body, no death. Yeah, right? fair enough. He could, he that, could be out there. He this and there. for how amazing a villain he was, this is one case where I would not be upset. I mean, I would kind of be upset because he absolutely deserves to die. But I also yeah. wouldn't be upset because that means more opportunities to potentially see him in future projects. Yeah. Um. So we get to, yeah, we get the big final battle. We tear his face off. It's awesome. Rocket says, we can't leave. We have to save everyone else. And they have to go save the animals. And Rocket, oh, that was before, wasn't it? No, uh, before this, Rocket finds out that he is a raccoon. And that makes me so happy because he has clearly assumed that that's a slur <laughs> this whole time. No, yeah. I mean, he's never seen anything else like him. How would he know? Yeah. And, and so he finally realizes that he is a raccoon. And also, I can't do an impression of it, but Bradley Cooper managed to say the word raccoon in the coolest way that anyone has ever said the word raccoon. I don't no, know how yeah. he did it. It was, he said, I'm rocket raccoon. And the way he hit raccoon 
when he finally said his full name was the coolest way anyone is capable of saying that word. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. And I agree a hundred percent. Like again, just more props to, to Bradley Cooper and kudos to, to proving like not every traditional actor is a, you know, cut rate voice actor. Oh, also, I kind of half mentioned this earlier, but I, I, before I forget it, I wanted to bring up again that the, uh, the main Guardians theme, which is awesome, yes, barely appears in this movie. And the whole movie, I was getting very sad because I love <laughs> leitmotifs, and I was sad that the Guardians leitmotif wasn't happening. And it wasn't until the end when it does show up that I realized they were waiting to play it until all of the Guardians were fighting together in the same scene. Yep. And I was like, okay, I get it. And that's really cool. No, it, it was so cool. Uh, so just, yeah, so we've, Oh, what, well, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just saying like so much of this movie can be summed up as man. That was so cool. Oh yeah. And we get to the very, very end here and the ship is blowing up and they're saving all the animals. And then, uh, we're running, and, and Star-Lord's the last one on the ship, and the space between the ships is starting to break, but he drops his Zune, and he has to go back for the Zune, and then he... Naturally. He, he runs, and I was like, oh, he's not going to make it, he's going to get exploded, but then he didn't get exploded, and he jumps, and he's, like, drifting, and it was a really cool effect of him drifting in a perfectly straight line back to the ship, and I was like, cool, he's going to make it, and then he gets hit with some space debris, and then he doesn't quite make it, and I was like, oh, he's going to die. They kill yep. him right here. Like, and, and he like frosts up. And then I was like, okay, yeah, he's dead. And then his face puffs up. I was like, yeah, he's definitely he's fucking dead. dead. That's like, he's gone, man. And then we do the, uh, the, uh, the Michelangelo painting with God. The creation the... of Adam. Yes. And yeah. um with Adam Morlock reaching yeah. out to, to Star-Lord and he saves him and I love Adam Morlock and that was so much fun. And Very, the... very on the nose with the creation of Adam reference, yes. but I liked it. It was And cool. we get the callback to the did that look cool running joke in this movie, which yep. made me very happy. And so, yeah, I think the big spoiler of this movie, the big twist is no one died. Because that, we were that all really completely is. sure that someone was gonna. Yeah, I, it was teed up like, hey, this is the end of the Guardians saga. This, this is it. We know about the, you know, hinted at Rocket's trauma. And we kind of know that the story is going to be about him. And yeah, and the most surprising twist, nobody dies. And, and it doesn't feel like a cop-out. You know, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of plot armor or anything like that with the main characters. It it just so happened that we still had a crushingly emotional story without any major deaths. Yeah. And yeah. that, to me, was out out of all the flowers that James Gunn deserves for making this beautiful film that's i i think probably the most impressive feat to have pulled off 
you know, to make this compelling emotional story where none of the main characters die and yet it works. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we get to, yeah, so we get to this deal that the Guardians are breaking up, basically. Um, not for any bad, where everyone just needs to kind of find themselves and go back. Oh, I, I completely forgot to mention uh, something really cool where uh, Peter is asked about his grandfather because he's like, he's, there's like, you still have family on Earth, right? He's like, well, I have a grandfather, but the last time I saw him, he shoved me out of the room and was screaming at me. And in, it never occurred to me that he misinterpreted what was going on there. Like this whole time, I've never thought that maybe Peter thinks his grandfather hates him because his grandfather was just trying to protect him from seeing his mom dead. Yeah. And I'm like, that killed me. It never occurred to me in the last nine years since that first Guardians came out that Peter had no idea what was happening in that scene. No. That was really well done. Yeah, and I mean, think of it from from the eyes of the kid that Quill was at that time, you know. All he knows is his mom's dying, his grandpa shoves him out the room, and then next thing he knows, he's abducted by aliens. Like, talk about mm-hmm. a, a traumatic backstory, you know. I, I know, rightfully so, the the traumatic backstories in this team are well actually all of them all of them really yeah but, yeah i was gonna say like obviously rocket but then also gamora and nebula and drax and everyone everyone but it, in its own right yeah and it's yeah. killing to to think that all this time it was just a misunderstanding yeah i thought that was really well done and so, so that's kind of Peter's resolution here is that he does go back to Earth and, and uh, reconnects with, with the grandfather. And the grandfather's reaction to seeing him was so good. Oh, they really got me again. They, kept, they, just, they just kept getting me. The whole end of this movie was just I, me I know. getting real emotional about stuff. Because there was just so much, so much to be emotional about, but mm-hmm. in a happy way, you know. Yeah, like you said, every, everybody's kind of going off on their own way, being themselves, you know. I I really liked how Quill and Gamora didn't end up back together because the whole time, you know, that was the point. Like, this isn't the same Gamora. Like, that Gamora is gone and, you know, there's there's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. And the last conversation they had where she pretty much said, like, you know, I, I can see how we could have had fun. Like, that that was a fitting fitting way to tie that off, in my opinion. Yeah. But all of them, man, yeah, all of them just kind of get, getting the endings they deserve. Quill going back to Earth for his family. I mean, it, it was beautiful. <sighs> All this is, a, is just this is such a good. Also, the the whole big dance. Oh, uh, Drax dances made me happy. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that got me. And also, we 
I, I know there's been some debate about this, but, but James Gunn was asked and he answered that at the end, we hear Groot say an actual sentence. He says, I love yes. you guys. He doesn't say, I am Groot. He doesn't say, we are Groot. He says, I love you guys. And James Gunn confirmed that he didn't like develop the ability to speak sentences. We, the audience, just finally understood what he said that time. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. I, um, I loved that, you know. It just We heard him the way the Guardians heard him in that moment. Another bittersweet cherry on top. Perfect. Uh, man, I don't even know what else to say about this movie. It's, it's, it's just pretty. <laughs> I just love it's, it. I know. Going back to what I said, opening it up, you know, I, I went into this fully expecting to love it, and I did. But for as high as my expectations were, it still, still exceeded those expectations. Absolutely. In ways that I didn't even know it could. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it takes much critical lens or um, deep dive analytics to figure out that we really love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. It's, I, I know it was subtle, but we really like it. Um, I think that's everything that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've got in my head. I probably had more. But I've been super oh, out of yeah. it all day, and I've probably <laughs> lost all of it. And right after we stop recording, I'm never going to forgive myself for missing like that one thing that I wanted to say. But I think that's everything I can think of to say about Guardians Three. Did, did you have anything else? Um, just the end credit scene, really. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, we have the end credit scene with Peter <clears throat> and his his grandfather. Yeah, very funny, also, very plain. <laughs> yeah, but then also. Um, the new Guardians, you know, we see that not everyone has moved on from the Guardians. We still have this core of Rocket and Groot, but then now Adam Warlock and Cosmo and one of the uh, high evolutionary experiments. I, I know that's that's a terrible way to refer to her. Yeah. I, I feel so bad because I'm not sure exactly what race they are what what they're called but one of those girls that they rescued yeah and i'm we sure we'll find them. out more about them um yeah i have no idea if we're doing a guardians four or if they're just gonna I show up in avengers one two three four five um <laughs> and i i don't know where they're gonna show up again but we do know uh, so i i took the first post-credit scene as okay so the guardians still exist and we're probably gonna see them again and Adam Warlock is with them, and that's really fun. And yeah. they all like music now. Um, but then the second post credit scene says that Star-Lord is going to come back at some point. Yes. Okay, I d that's more interesting because I don't that, know how that's going to that happen. Really is. Yeah, so he's going to come back, but he's not part of that Guardians team anymore. Or is he? I mean, I, I don't know. Only thing I, I can I, think of is someone calls the Guardians for help and then they're going to go get him because it's a really big deal and they need his help. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, so I think that's everything. We still need to do our little mail segment slash poll segment. Um, and it's double this time because of time travel shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> dear listener, 
you were warned uh, either last week or the, like, or the week before, unfortunately, time traveling is really hard on your memory, um, that uh, an episode was recorded before a different episode, and then those episodes were like offset by a week or two. And so there were two polls that happened during a time when there was no new recording, but a new episode <laughs> came out from two weeks prior. So it's... <laughs> I, I'm the, you know, we're the, just, we're really committed to the whole <laughs> multiverse. The TV. Smart Hulk meme, time travel! Um, <laughs> so anyway, we've got two polls to, to talk about and to read some comments for. So the first one that we put out a couple weeks back was, which of these projects are you most excited for this year and why? Uh, the poll, I only included, like, the big fandom stuff, and it only let me include four. So these are the four I picked. Indiana Jones 5, The Marvels, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, and The Flash. And we have tied for last uh, is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and The Marvels, each with 9% of the vote. Then we've got The Flash with 37% of the vote. And the winner is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with 45% of the vote, nearly half uh, chose that one out of the four options. Pretty good lead, I'd say there. So I'd the, say that's healthy. Wh- which one would you have said, or did you say? <laughs> in, so in yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that this is a tough one for me because obviously, I mean, I I am excited for all of these, and I'm planning oh, yeah. on seeing all of these. Um, oh yeah. But my vote goes to Spider Verse, just yeah. because I I was so floored in the best of ways by the first one. I thought, you know, the creativity to to bring that animated medium and make such a fantastic and commercially successful movie out of it. Because, I mean, of course, we know that there are some incredible animated pieces of media out there, but I think a lot of the general public is still kind of stuck in the mindset that it's for kids shows um i think yeah into the spider-verse proved that no you're wrong there and beyond that it was just such a wacky amazing movie um so that's where my vote went okay yeah that makes sense see i've got an interesting one i'm going with the marvels um okay because and and this is like just a just a specific personal reason to be super excited for it Miranda and I often debate what our actual first date was. We're not sure, but I'm fairly (laughs) certain that it was seeing Captain Marvel on on opening day uh, at the Alamo Draft House four years ago. So so the Marvels, and also we both loved uh, Miss Marvel and and WandaVision. And this is a collage of just so many cool things. Uh, that I'm just I'm just extra super excited for the Marvels. I can't wait. Um, but I'm super excited for all of these. I could come up with reasons to make any of them my favorite. Exactly. I just that one's just that one's just what I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, we've got two comments on this one. Dylan Pollock comments. Gotta go with Flash just to see how it breaks the universe. Uh, Keaton Batman, Supergirl, and those trailers. Excited for Indy, but Crystal Skull burned me, so it's cautious mm. optimism. Fair enough. Spider-Verse Fair. could be great also, and the Marvels has me the least excited, 
but I liked Miss Marvel a lot. Cool. Uh, valid. I, hey. All valid. Yeah. Um, I, I'm super excited to see what the Flash is going to do because you've yeah. got to destroy the universe, basically, and <laughs> remake it in this movie. And we've got Michael Keaton. And he says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And I'm so excited. You know, I, I'm really hoping, and I, I know it's um, the DC Cinematic Universe has its, you know, criticisms and its detractors, but I, I'm really yeah. hoping, like, just for the sake of, of a good story and a good movie, that this is a hit, because oh, okay. I'm excited. I'm so it's excited. It's really for that. surprising to me how much I'm hearing this movie is great and fun and heartfelt and awesome. I'm like, I'm shocked that this movie with this ridiculous, like five or six years of delays and rewrites and reshoots and, and, and mm-hmm. production issues seems to be like universally liked by all the people who have seen it so far, at least as far as I've noticed. And Same. I'm baffled <laughs> that, <it's, laughs> that that's going on. Um, so our other comment, Scotty Cameron, uh, writes in, of those options, Across the Spider-Verse excites me the most. Fair enough. Into the Spider-Verse was so good. And then he also adds in some stuff off the pole. I'll add Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Transformers Rise of the Beasts as contenders. The Mission Impossible franchise is very consistent and Transformers can thrive now that Michael Bay is out of the picture. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Mission Impossible. I was like... Uh, I was so sad that it only let me pick four things on the poll. But I, I, was I like, know. I was like, of the movies, I feel like those four are the most tied into big fandoms that, that yeah. I tend to discuss. And I was like, I want to put Mission Impossible so bad because those movies are so damn good. Um, I'm so excited for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part Dude, 1. <laughs> I, I still, I still, despite my best efforts, haven't got sim to watch fallout so i know this is going to be my excuse to to watch all of them with her (laughs) you got it and (laughs) because i am so that's that's my off pole vote we're gonna watch tom cruise get the shit kicked out of him again for Um, 12 hours (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking my marathon mode here (laughs) oh man I do love that about the Mission Impossible movies. And I also like that about Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise is kind of weird in general. But, like, one thing I really admire about Tom Cruise is the stunt work. And also that he doesn't have one of those ego-driven contracts where it's like, I can't lose a fight or I need to throw this many punches to win this thing. He's like, nah, nearly kill me in every movie i want to be beaten and bruised and bleeding and look (laughs) terrible all the time because i'm half dead (laughs) and it's like yeah i I love that about these movies yeah you can you can just tell how into it he is how committed to it he is and i know of course we saw this with top gun maverick as well but man you you can just tell that's that's a guy who loves making a good movie Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you, you know he's going to leave it all out there for it. Yeah. And Scotty also writes in about Transformers uh, Rise of the Beasts. How are you with the uh, Transformers series? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like all of us, when I was a kid growing up, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen oh, on dude. a screen. And yeah. 
you know, he he mentions like it can thrive now that Michael Bay's out of the picture. And I I'm thinking back to when I saw Bumblebee when that came out years ago, not going in with any expectations, just uh, oh, a fun Transformers summer flick. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised by it, you know. It yeah. was actually a good movie. So I'm I'm really curious to see how this turns out. Yeah, I'm hoping that it does great. Um, I gotta like, I is it does is it in the same continuity? See, this is one of those rare. There's only a couple fandoms that I'm not super into, and one of them is Transformers. I loved Transformers one and two and three back when I watched them when they were coming out, and then I just kind of didn't watch yeah. the next two or three or however many have been. Right. Now Scotty Cameron told me that I gotta pick them back up, and as soon as I've got time. I'm gonna, because I gotta know. I gotta, I gotta be in on all the fandoms. Yeah, um, fair, fair. But I'm hearing a lot of hype about, about Transformers Rise of the Beast, and I hope it goes really well. Um, Dylan, Scotty, thank you so much for, for writing in your thoughts. Uh, I always love uh, getting to read those. And now we get to do our second poll from last week, which was, of these four characters... Who would you main in Smash Bros? And if you don't play Smash Bros, who's your favorite character and why? Uh, the four options were Mario, Bowser, Peach, and Donkey Kong. This was to tie in with the Super Mario Bros movie. Uh, we have last place is Peach with 15%. Just above that, Donkey Kong with 16%. Bowser jumps up a bit with 23%. And kind of unsurprisingly, Mario wins the poll with 46%. Uh, what, who do you mean in, in Smash Bros? Okay, so... <laughs> disclaimer, you know, I definitely play Mario Kart more than I've, I've ever played Smash Bros. And okay. in Mario Kart, um, going back to Mario Kart on the Wii, I was always a baby Mario guy. Okay, I, I don't know yeah. what it was, but uh, baby Mario in the bullet bike on Mario Kart Wii, I was lethal with that. So <laughs> still, you know, just tradition. It, it carries over. Oh, um, yeah. When it, comes to, when it comes to Smash, I I don't know what it is, but I'm always better with the heavy characters. So I typically... Okay. Yeah, yeah. And keep in mind, you know, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this could absolutely wipe the floor with me and <laughs> I would not bet on myself if my opponent was drunk and in a coma. Like, I, <laughs> I am not good at that game. Mm. But I have found the most success um, either with Bowser or Donkey Kong. I kind of switch off between those two. Okay. But I typically um, lean towards Bowser. So I guess that's my main. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So typically in Smash Bros, I like, I main Sonic. Like I, I main the lighter, okay. faster characters. So of yeah. these four, I would go with Mario. Okay. Um, but I do love, I do love all of these characters in, in both the, the just general games and also in Smash Bros. Our yeah. write in comments are, uh, Chris from True Believers, a comic book podcast, one of our fellow Hall of Pods podcasts, uh, writes in, Peach solos everyone. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, with a little gif of Peach doing cool stuff. And 
I, I like that. Ribbon twirling. Yes. And I love it. Uh, Dylan Pollock writes in again of these four. I picked Donkey Kong, but I normally would use Ike because I'm just doing heavy moves, hoping to catch somebody with a huge hit. That's pretty much my only hope in these games now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That sounds like what you were just saying about the heavy. That's it. You know, that's the Smash experience, folks. <laughs> <laughs> just hope you clip them with the big giant yep. sword. It's a strategy, man. And when it works, you know, it works. When it works, it works. Uh, and Scotty Cameron writes in, of those four, it's Bowser. However, the character I main the most from the Mario franchise in Smash Bros. is Wario because of his okay. biting attack and how it drives people <laughs> crazy. Oh, man, Wario. That's a good reason. That's a good reason. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more infuriating like, there are just some rage-inducing attacks in Smash when you're on the receiving end of it. He's and got the his... fart, man. It's... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else to tell you. He's going to win. It's... <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, uh, thank you, Dylan, Chris, and Scotty for writing in. Uh, so much fun having, having some thoughts to read. Uh, please, dear listener, do feel free to to comment on our Twitter polls. Uh, I feel like I should also post the polls on like Instagram, but then I don't know how to measure the the percentages. But then more people might write in because there's some people over on Instagram who I don't think use Twitter. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out at some point. Sim was telling me I got to figure out uh, making an email address and have people write stuff in. I'll do that at some point. Oh, I promise. Okay. Um, but not right now. Um, so we need to post a new poll this week. Oh gosh. What to, what to, what to do with this poll? Um, oh man. Guardians themed, Marvel themed, Mm. something. Oh, tough choices. I never come up with these beforehand because it's kind of fun to think about it (laughs) live off the air. Right, right. Um, oh no. Um, theme songs, leitmotifs of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, okay. Let's think here. Uh, I'm just going to pick four of what I think are the most notable. I'm going to put a poll. It's going to be the Avengers theme, the Guardians theme. Um, what, what comes to mind when you think of Marvel music? Spider-Man. The Spider-Man theme, the, the specific Tom oh. Holland one. Um, and maybe the Doctor Strange or the Captain America, or I would say between the two, I would say Captain America. I think the that's Captain really... America thing. Okay, yeah, we'll put out you those. Know, if four. you change your mind, I I defer as, to you. As but always, yeah, I think... <laughs> as always, you don't need. I mean, like, pick one of those four that, that you like, but then like write in your own thing and tell me why you like it, uh, because then we can read it right here. Um, so that'll go out at some point soon. We'll post a poll. Always leave your thoughts on the poll to have them read on the air. Um, I think that's everything I can think of. Did you have any like closing remarks on any of this? Ah, you know, like, like you said earlier, I know the minute I, <laughs> I disconnect, that's how it it's works. all going to flood back in my brain. But I, I think I hit on the big ones. All right. Uh, with that, oh, where can where can people find you, Zach? Yes, uh, so I can be found on Twitter at Toothpastry. 
um, or on Instagram at Millennium Falconberry. Love that even more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. And and, uh, you can find us at Fandom Optimists on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We are also a member of the Hall of Pods podcast network. There is a link tree to that in the description of this episode. Click on it to find all of my amazing podcasts and friends. I mentioned uh, Chris, one of them earlier, who wrote into the podcast. Uh, uh, She's awesome. Go listen to True Believe is a Comic Book Podcast. Uh, At some point, I'm going to drop by on Blue with Cape Corner. I was just over there talking about Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Uh, So go check that out. And, yeah, until next time, you guys, never apologize for loving your fandom and try to stay optimistic. I'll talk to you next week.